next edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Yes. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Wow. What an interesting presence of the Lord. Mm. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just take a moment and just soak in his presence? And when, when a stillness hits a place like that, you just have to soak it in and just wait upon the Lord sometimes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put that on for me right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Technical problems all over the place today. So we're off air, and it's just going to stay that way. I'm not going to waste any time dealing with what that is. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we just take a moment just to soak in his presence even now? Just, let's just ignore every distraction, every little technical issue or difficulty, everything that happened before you got here today, everything that is going wrong right now in your life, every hindrance and attack of the enemy. Hallelujah. We'll just shake it off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we press into you, O Lord. We press into you, O Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your glory and for your anointing. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for strength today, God. We thank you, Lord, that you empower us, Lord, when, when we feel like we're on the verge of collapsing, God. We, we thank you that, Lord, you, your supernatural strength and empowerment swells up over us and within us, oh God, to, to help us to endure and to press forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, God, we're just thankful for everything that you are, God, all the ways in which you work, Lord, all the ways in which you, you minister. God, we bless you and we glorify you. God, we, we just magnify your name. Lord, we make your name great. We we, we lift up your name. Lord, we just lift up a banner of praise, God, today within this place and from our lips, God, and in this atmosphere today that, Lord, we're, we're, we're our praises, Lord, that, Lord, we know 
that there you are also. And so, Lord, we need you. We desire you in our midst. So, God, we give you uh, just raw praise. God, genuine praise, God, from our lips in this place today. God, without the assistance of a drum or an organ, God, we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise today. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord, of our praise. You are worthy of it all. Lord, you deserve the glory. You deserve all of the honor and the praise, God, in this place today, right now, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your presence and for your word today. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for tongues and interpretation, God, for all the many ways that you speak. Uh, we welcome you. We welcome you, Lord, whatever you want to do. Lord, we thank you that all the gifts of the Spirit would be stirred up, gifts of prophecy and interpretation and tongues and the gift of faith, O oh God, and healing and working of miracles, O oh God. So, Lord, just stir them all. Stir them all, O oh God, within us and through us, God, in this place. Let them all be activated and demonstrated in the mighty name of Jesus. We desire you. We desire your move. We desire your move of the Spirit. God, not, not, not a move of the flesh, not a move that, Lord, we could do, but a move of the Spirit. And so, Father, have your way and just stir and activate all of your gifts in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that we can be adequately, adequately prepared, God, for what you're about to do. Lord, what you're doing even now. Almighty God that you are, we bless you and we thank you. Hallelujah. We just adore you. We magnify your name today in this place. Thanking you for what you're doing and what you'll continue to do in the powerful, great name of Jesus Christ. We pray today. Amen. 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 Aren't you thankful today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's awesome. He's great. He's a miracle-working God. Yes, He is. Hallelujah. Can we, can we just take a moment and just receive the word of the Lord? And uh, I, I'm grateful and thankful that when, when Corinthians tells us that there, there's, there's, there's a ministry of, of the Spirit and we can receive and allow God to speak to us through his tongues and interpretation that we need to truly listen and take heed and don't just don't, just don't take them slightly. But I, I mean, sometimes even after it's over, take a note if you need to, you know, just to remind yourself of what God is saying. Listen to what he said, that we, we have to be sure we're, we're making people aware that time is, is drawing nigh. Amen. M making sure we don't, we don't just let people die and go to hell, right? But, but that we're doing our part. And, 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 and the, the catch is, is that he said he'll pour out his spirit here. So, so in, in essence, so that they don't miss it. So they don't miss what God wants to do for them and do in them and give to them. Amen. Then, then, then they get to be a part of it right here in this place. That, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. That let him know he loves them. Let him know he's coming back for them. Hallelujah. But that, that there's so much more. 
There's so much more that he has, and he's, and he's going to continue to pour out it in this place. Uh, we, we should be celebrating and thanking God that he, he's saying he's about to dump more on you and I. He's about to give you and I greater access. Take us deeper. Hallelujah. Immerse us more and deeper in his presence. Hallelujah. Some, some of you might not even be able to imagine what more of his presence might be like, but that's what he's saying. There's more, and he's about to give you more. Hallelujah. And don't let anybody you know die and miss out on what God has and and the more that he's about to unleash in this place. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's more. There's more. We give you glory and honor and praise for it, oh God. Hallelujah. Some of you might have a hard time believing for that. Some of you might have a hard time even believing some of the things that I shared with you last week. And I was struggling all week. I thought, Lord, where are we going to go now? I, I, I've been just finding it uneasy almost knowing what to preach, where to go next. And as I was sharing faith with you last week, right? that's a lot of what we were dealing with last week was, was faith. Hallelujah. And over the last year, Cynthia has been prepping and anybody who gives and is a partner of the church in, in monthly, we'll send out a letter and we'll send you a little outline basically of a, of a faith teaching. It's like 13 lessons. I think we're about to wrap that up for the year. So we've come through all of that. And the one thing the Lord kept bringing me back to this week is faith. Now it'd be easy for me to just preach off that outline and, and whatnot. And the Lord won't let me do that. And even down to the word that was just shared to you and I through this interpretation. It comes back to faith. Do you have the faith to believe for more? Last week when I was sharing with you uh, throughout the entire message, some of it I, I even gave you some words of an encouragement, but I challenged you even financially. I told you some, some examples where the church was suffering, right? And, and we were having challenges financially, right? And, and, and I, I think I told you where we were at at that point was what, what did I say? We were last, last Sunday, we were at first at 2,700, right? But by the end of last Sunday's service, we exceeded the, that $5,000 mark. Not in tithes and offerings. This was money that came in outside of tithes and offerings. When the Lord will speak to someone while we're sitting here and say, the Lord told me to give you what I had in my pocket. We didn't give a dollar amount, and it ended up being $5,080. We ended up $80 plus what we needed. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? That's how God is. So for everybody that struggles with faith and thinks uh, preaching about that kind of stuff doesn't work, I'm telling you that God, when he says he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, it is true. I sat with a couple on Friday and told them about how God was working and moving, how every time we have a need, God meets it. And the lady said, I've never seen someone who has a level of faith in you. I said, but then you haven't been next to too many people who actually have real faith. Are you hearing me? But God will always meet your need. You've got to believe that he will do what he says 
says he will do. I take God at his word. I don't doubt it. When he says he'll heal me, I believe that. When he says he'll provide for me, I believe that. My entire life is, is based on that. Even down to when you and I got saved, that was faith. When you prayed the sinner's prayer, that was faith. That's how you got saved. That was faith that, re, that, that enabled you to be saved. You, you pray a sinner's prayer. You, you live for Jesus. That is an act of faith. And from that moment on, you and I live a, a, a life of faith. It is the journey along the way that our faith gets challenged and tested. And I'm gonna, I want you to understand something. The reason that we've been having tentacle issues and stuff isn't because we have junky, uh, junky equipment. I'm telling you, we got some of the most expensive equipment you can buy up there in that corner. And it's not because we have cheap sound systems or anything. It is the enemy is trying to attack your faith. He's not after a sound system or a projector or our live stream. The enemy tries to attack our faith because if he can get you distracted, he'll get you misdirected. Oh, amen, preacher. A -a amen. The enemy is always after your faith. The enemy doesn't want to take your car. He's not interested in my Ford Fusion. Hallelujah. He wouldn't be interested if I had a Cadillac Escalator. You hear me? He don't care if it's a BMW or a Volkswagen buggy. He is not after my car. What the enemy is after is my faith. The enemy is not after a church bus or a church van. The enemy isn't after my $20 or my $200,000. Don't I wish. Hallelujah. But there'll be a day, glory. There will be the enemy is not after that. He is after your faith. The enemy can't doesn't want to take your money. He just wants to disrupt your faith because it that, that is where you and I are the most powerful people that 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 are that understand faith and that walk in faith. You you are you are like a weapon of mass destruction walking the streets. You really are. And so the enemy is after your faith. Now in this hour, even when a word comes forth, like like, uh, like Sister Amy just gave, when, when we need to be able to tell people about Jesus. In other words, he's saying now is the time the harvest is ripe. He's saying, he's saying don't be afraid to tell people what I'm telling you. He said, because now they have an ear to hear. You know how many people we invite to church and they're like, no, 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 no. Or, 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 or when we're doing distributions and we're at Norma's Closet. In other words, God's saying, hey, at Norma's Closet, tell them now to come to church. Because he's saying now they have an ear to hear. Now I've allowed enough of something to happen in their life that they're going to come running to the house of God. Are you hearing me? He, he said, because I'm going to pour out more of my spirit. And he wants more people to be able to receive what he's about to pour out. Oh, Hallelujah. In other words, God doesn't want to just pour out what he has just for us, but he wants, he wants as many people to receive it as, he as we can possibly do it. But he needs you and I to throw out our nets and believe him for more. The enemy is wanting to attack your faith. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to tell you today. Hallelujah. So I, I'm going to begin a, a, a series. I don't know how long it's going to take, but the Lord told me that our faith is under fire. Right. And so we're going to begin a series. I don't even know how far I'm going to get today because I just want to be sensitive to what he wants to speak and only say what he wants me to say. But our faith is under fire. See, some of you have thought that you are under attack. There's been times over the last few weeks I felt like I even told you last week I was struggling where to preach and what to preach. Because I almost preached about our weapons against the enemy, but I don't want to focus any energy or time on the enemy. Instead, I want you to understand who you are. See, a lot of times our life is, we are living a life and we are getting the results in our life based on the level of faith that we have. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sometimes we feel like just life is not working. Right? Listen, it's not God's fault. It's not always the enemy. It's not, it, 
a lot of it comes back to a level of faith and we have not been developed and grown enough to grow our faith, right? Sometimes we're still struggling to believe God for $20 and by now you should be able to believe God for 2000 That's why a, a big number never scares me. All right, because I've seen God do far greater, many more miracles. Hallelujah. That's why when I grab a hold and lay hands on somebody, I'm not, I'm not intimidated or afraid that God won't heal someone that I'm praying for because I've seen him do greater things. I've prayed people out of wheelchairs. Hallelujah. We, we've seen cancer fall off people's faces. Are you hearing me? We've watched legs grow in this place. I mean, uh, 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 so I, I don't struggle to have the faith. I believe that he will do it because I know that he will do it because we've seen him. So there is no thing that I can struggle to believe God for because I know who he is. Mm-hmm. I know who he is. Now, part of us uh, being challenged on our faith is we, we, some of us understand who he is, but you've not yet grown enough in your faith to understand who you are in him. Watch this. You're, so your faith breaks down because of your inability. Because of my areas of handicap. Because my area is where I'm struggling, hallelujah. I believe that he can, but I struggle to believe that it's for me. And so that's why we're going to deal with this, that our faith is under fire. The devil isn't after you. He is after your faith. The devil isn't after my family. He's after my faith. The devil isn't after my car or my bank account. He's after my faith. The devil isn't after this church. He's after our faith. Are you hearing me? The devil doesn't want to take our money. He's just after our faith. And so one of the most effective ways to handicap God's people is when you when your money gets attacked because money means a lot to a lot of people and so when you start having big expenses and big bills and never being able to make enough that's where the enemy comes in and starts getting you to doubt it's when he starts messing with your money so prices and things go up and every time you turn around there's something going wrong the enemy wants to to, to attack and take your faith but the devil is a liar so our faith is under fire but God is going to take you and I on a faith journey, I believe, these next few weeks. So uh, I want to begin, of course, we're going to begin with the faith chapter. There's a lot of scriptures we're, we'll probably venture to over the next few weeks. But if you have your Bibles, go to a, a Hebrews chapter 11, 1 through 3. That's it. We're going to start right there. We, we may read some other scriptures. And in fact, over the next few weeks, it might be end up coming out more like teaching than preaching. But I believe it's effective to start getting you to be able to believe God for more. That was even the word. He said he's going to pour out more, but can you believe God for more? Oh, come on. We, we can't just expect that, 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 that just because God gives a, a, a word through message of in tongues and interpretation, that he's just going to do it. Can you believe God for more right now? Can you believe that there's more of his presence, more of his spirit, more of his anointing, more miracles, hallelujah, more healing, more deliverance? Can, can you believe that there's more, hallelujah? Can you believe that every prophecy and, and word ever spoken of this church, what he's trying to say is about to come true, hallelujah? Can you believe him for that? Do you have the faith to be able to believe him for that? that that's what this moment is about. God's saying, I want to take you on a faith journey because your faith is under fire. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hallelujah. Mm. Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. Ladies, that's how you know it's not up to you to make the coffee in the morning because the Bible says Hebrews. Every man better start making the coffee. Right? That's an old, old joke. Hebrews. The Bible tells us, men, make the coffee. Make the coffee. Hallelujah. 
verse 1 of chapter 11. Look at this. Now faith. Say it out loud. Now faith. Woo. Now faith. Present faith. Now faith. Look at it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I'm going to stop there. I could preach four weeks out of those two verses. There is so much right here, and we'll just touch the surface of it probably today. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Help us, Lord. See, it, 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 I want to begin right there if it, it, with these couple of scriptures. If we only define faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, if that's all we really define faith as, then what does that mean for my day-to-day life? We've reduced faith to this one scripture, and faith is such a deep and broad topic it is, it is what the enemy is after. It is what he is after. It is what he is after. And so this may be the reason why we're not seeing the results that we, we often come in here and say we're believing for. In other words, let me ask you this. How is your faith working in your life? How is your faith working in your life? Or, on the other hand, has church just become a habit that doesn't involve faith? Oh, Hallelujah. I said, has church just become a habit that doesn't involve faith? It's disappointing. We're not streaming live no more, but it's okay. They'll they'll, they'll have to get it on TV as we're still recording. It has church become a habit. See, we can get caught up in habits that require no faith. Right? doesn't require faith. If, if church is only a habit, it's what I show up and do every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And, and, and if we're not careful, it'll become such a habit. I don't, it doesn't require me any faith to praise God. It doesn't require any faith if I can praise it. I can pray without faith. I can just utter a bunch of words. I can even preach. I can lay hands on people and, and, and look like I'm believing, but it doesn't require any faith because we get caught up in the habit of it. So, How is faith working in your life or has church just become a habit? Let me break it down this way. If you and I come into the house of God and we hear sermons here in church and it does not bring about change in the way that we live and the way that we think and the way that we walk or how we respond to pressure, then let me tell you, here's a a bold statement. Then faith is not working for you. Oh, Lord. Did you hear what I said? If we are coming in here and and we hear the word of God, which is life, and it is not changing the way that we walk, changing the way that we talk, changing the way that we think, all of those things, then faith is not working for you. That's what the purpose of this this series is going to be, to help faith work for you so that you can see the change in your life that you hear me preaching about and talking about. So, so that when I testify about how God meets a need in a matter of days, like I just did 
when you need a certain dollar amount and God meets that need, you can say, I want to see that in my life. Yeah, amen. Or, or when you hear a testify that we pray and someone gets healed and touched, like we, we prayed for, for Joe, a, a man who's a, who's a consistent partner of our ministry, has been for years, you know, uh, he lost his wife to cancer. Then he got a diagnosis of cancer. They, they thought it was really, really bad. But then he ends up going through all the tests after the doctors basically gave him doom and gloom and said, you know, you're probably going to die. And then he gets, goes through all the tests. And finally, on the final test, they come back and they said, you know, we think we might have been wrong. It looks like it's only isolated this one area. We're going to schedule for surgery and take that out. It'll all be okay. Are you hearing me? After they basically given him a, a, a death sentence. So when we pray for people and then there's a better outcome or a good outcome or a total healing, you and I need to be able to say, I want to see that in my life. And so I want faith to be able to work for you instead of it not working for you, instead of it being a habit. Hallelujah. See, if we can come in here and praise God and then leave here and go out there and act opposite, then faith is not working for you. Let me, let me explain something. The reason why the world has had a lot of problem with the church over the years, how many of you know what I'm talking about, that we will get called hypocrites and all sort of things, is because they'll see us doing one thing here and then leaving and doing another. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I will make mistakes. I will have flaws. You can catch me on a bad day. I can have a bad attitude. All of those things. But what I'm saying is, is I can't come in here and claim to behave one way and then leave here and act in it the entire opposite, right? Because what that is proof of is faith is not working for you. Because we, we, we even, our life is changed and influenced by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When people come to me and I counsel them with, that are dealing with suicide or depression, let, let me tell you something. It's not just depression and suicide that I'm trying to deal with. It is the, the real root issue is that their faith is not working for them. Oh. This is the real issue. When, 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 we, when we are struggling with addiction in the body of Christ, it is that faith is not working for you. I'll say I'm going to bring it back right down to you because we like to be able to hear messages that absolve us of any responsibility and we can just throw it on God and say, God set me free. And God's saying, oh, I can do that. But do you really believe that I can? And so it always comes back to you and I. And so when there's this, these, these, these contrasting views in our walk with God and when we're struggling with things that, that the Word of God says He'll set us free from, what it is is it's a, it, the issue is faith and faith that we lack. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What I've learned about faith is that we, we, we know that in, in the, my very soul, my soul, the Bible says, is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That is where faith lives. Are you with me? Faith lives in my mind, my will, my emotions. That's what our soul. If you've been through our discipleship class, you've learned that. If you haven't, you've heard me at least say it many times. In my mind, my will, my emotions. That's what our soul is made up of. So faith lives in there. But guess what? Faith never lives alone. Faith has neighbors. Uh-huh. Y'all have neighbors. Anybody else have issues with their neighbors? Oh, hallelujah. If nothing else, God had me move just to give me neighbors that would keep me praying. 
neighbors that would keep me wondering if I'm going to lose my temper. Hallelujah. I keep my yard looking pretty and mowed up. And then there's this like gigantic high. Amen. Or, or I'm in bed trying to go to sleep. And at 2 a.m. they're pounding rap music and out in the middle of the street singing and dancing. And I'm like, y'all are about to see another side of me. Hallelujah. Amen. So just like faith has neighbors, you and I have neighbors. Hallelujah. There's a whole community around our faith. An entire community that lives around our faith. What am I talking about? Brother Doubt lives next door. Right? And Sister Fear lives nearby, just across the street, right? And then there's Sister Anxiety and, and Aunt Depression. All of these different things and emotions live in the community called faith. And all of these different neighbors, just like your neighbors will affect you, all of the neighbors in the faith realm, within your soul, all these other things, because remember I said your, your soul was made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Think about some of the emotions we have that affect our faith. When you're happy, when you're sad, when you're afraid, right? Some of y'all got scared last night when those storms rolled through town. Oh, hallelujah. Right? And so when you get that fear, you're not operating in faith, right? So I'm going to bring it right back down. It's kind of basic, but I got to bring it back. This is why we're not seeing results in our life. This is why when I, when I say things about how God can meet a need in a matter of days that we had a $5,000, and that's not all the needs. That's just one important need. And, and, and it's to grow your faith. It's not for you to sit there and think, well, I wish he'd do that for me. God wants to grow your faith so that he, he can show you that he's able to do it in your life. Instead of listening to the neighbors that live next door to your faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because every person, every person in here has some level of doubt, has some level of fear, has some level of some of the, the things that I've already mentioned, right? We all have some level of it. But you, you have to choose how you're going to look at your life. In other words, you've got to sort of choose your perspective. You've got to choose your point of view and how you're going to see your life. So you might, you might look at your car and you might think, hmm really not that great someone else might look at your car and think you know hey that's a nice ride because it's better than theirs right S some of you might always look at yourself in the mirror and see what's wrong with you instead of and, and then your spouse is trying to give you a compliment and you say oh stop it no I'm not I'm fat right? there's sometimes there's some people you can try to give a compliment to and they'll never receive it they'll always say oh thanks but no that's not true They'll always reject it because, because of your level, because of your perspective or because of your level of faith. That's a lot to do with your faith right there. Oh, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there over these next few weeks, I promise you. Hallelujah. See, see, when we come into the house of God and when I preach to you, my job is to get, is to get you to get faith to take over the entire neighborhood one house at a time. That's the purpose of me preaching faith is, is the reason I want to do that is if you are not seeing the results in your life like I'm preaching about, like you hear us testify about, like the things that I've already introduced to you, then we have to take over your neighborhood that's living in your soul. 
one house at a time. So we'll deal with doubt and we'll deal with fear and we'll deal with anxiety and we'll deal with depression and we'll deal with uh, uh, Uncle Fear over there. We'll deal with every one of them that we need to deal with, but we'll do it one house at a time. That's how you end up having victory in faith. And the enemy ends up crowding out your life and driving faith into one little part of your life to where you're not living in victory and able to operate in faith in every area of your life. Hallelujah. So, so God's trying to say he, that you and I have to possess faith in our soul. And so that's why the devil is constantly after your faith. Constantly after your faith. He's attacking you to get to your faith. He attacks our health to get to our faith. He attacks our finances to get to our faith. He'll attack your family to get to your faith. He's not interested in any of our material things. He's just after our faith because he understands that that, that is where we, we there, there is power. That is where we're going to begin to see the hand of God and the heart of God when faith is operating in our life. You will begin to understand even more how much God loves you when you can operate more in faith. And you're, allowed to, uh, you're able to begin to see God's law of reciprocity working in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because your faith is what is valuable. Your faith is what is valuable. Are you hearing me? Your checkbook balance is not what's valuable. Your car is not what's what's valuable. Your faith is what is valuable. Look at consistently. No matter how the enemy attacks you, he always attacks your faith. It always comes back to that. Your faith is what is valuable. Hallelujah. Your faith is what moves God. That's why it's so valuable. So when I come in here and I praise God, I am praising him by faith. Because the Bible says that he inhabits or takes up residence in our praise. Or, Or in other words, he sits on our praise. So imagine if God coming in this place and sitting on our praise, was your praise today worthy of him entering the room? Did your praise involve enough faith that would draw on his presence? Or are you just sort of like, "Mm, come if you want to. How we casually worship God, yet if someone asked you out on a date, you'd spend three hours getting ready. Making sure everything's perfect and we'll come just strolling, slouching into the presence of God. Oh, bless me, God, if you can. Heal me if you want to. Fill me up. Till I overflow. Are you hearing me? Without any faith, believing that he, he will literally dump on you if you want to. If you really desire him. Like we used to sing that, that one of the old courses I grew up on was fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. I can't tell you how many church services I've been in when it's just a God-awful song when they sing it because there's no desire behind it but when you get some anointed hungry people singing an old chorus like fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord I'll never forget on an Easter Sunday morning we sang that little old chorus and I mean the power of God fell in that old Pentecostal apostolic church that we were in and I mean to tell you people were shaking and rattling and getting delivered and healed and filled all over that sanctuary by tens and twenties and thirties all at a time I mean I looked out over that sanctuary and I thought God what is happening when everybody in the house is shaking like a leaf the kids downstairs there was so much uh, the the move of God was so intense and people were literally trembling under the presence of God the lights in the basement were shaking and the ceiling towel began to fall out 
How about that? You know what I'm talking about, Sister Amy. Hallelujah. But you have to come in with a level of faith saying, Lord, I'm expecting you to fill me. The Lord, I'm expecting that when I praise you, when I lift my hand, when I call upon your name, you're going to inhabit my praise. In the same way that when I pray, God, I'm going to expect that you're going to show up when I say, Father God. He's like, yes, son. See, there, there's no doubt when I call upon the name of Jesus, I know that I am his and that he is mine. And so I know the moment that I say Heavenly Father or Father God, he just moves to the edge of his seat in heaven and it's like, yeah, what you need? No doubt. Are you here? See, you know, some of you look at me like, he's crazy. I'm not crazy. I've seen too many prayers get answered. I've been the recipient of them. I've watched God move on people's lives. So I know that when I dare say, Heavenly Father, He's listening. And so that's why with them, when He says, I will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. And then in another place in the Word of God, He says that He will give me the desires of my heart. In other words, He said, don't pray and ask me for what you need. I've got that. Pray and tell me what you want. I mean, how many of you like to go shopping and you don't want to go shopping for what you need? You want to go shopping for what you want. Do you know how many cars I've had to buy because I needed it, not because I wanted it? Until I get, got the revelation that, that, I, that God will supply my needs, and then all I got to do is say, God, Heavenly Father, Daddy, God, whatever you want to call I want, I desire Mm. See, maybe some of you have been praying wrong and lacking the faith. See, you're praying for relationships and marriages and people, and, and you're praying for them to change instead of you saying, Lord, this is what I want. Tell him what. Uh, that old song we used to sing, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. See, we understood it in the old school, tell him, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. It, it, that's what you need to understand about God. God, when you call upon his name, you need to know that if you are his and he is yours, that when you call upon the name and, and you call out his name in faith, he moves to the edge of his seat, ready to dispatch angels on your behalf to put them to work. See, that's why I love to pray. I understand about God that not just when I pray, but when I pray with faith, I employ angels. I am the reason angels have a job. See, I, there, there's so much depth to this message in places where we're going to hit. But if you really understand the kingdom of God and how it works, that when you pray, my prayer sends angels on assignment. I'm the reason that angels have something to do. And I keep them busy. I'm praying about things all the time, whether it's protection over you or provision for you or, or resources for you or healing for you or for, for, for angels to be dispatched around the four corners of this property to protect it. In all of those storms, I fully expected the, this basement to flood like it will in heavy, heavy rains. I came over here at about quarter to 12 last night after it all rolled through, and I was like, oh, God, I just don't want to wallow in water. And guess what? It was bone dry. You know why? Because while I was driving from West Virginia back home here, right in the middle of that storm, I said, Father, I thank you that there are angels at the four corners of that property protecting it, guiding it, protecting it. Lord, I thank you that those tornado watches will be dispelled and be dispersed, and no harm will come to the properties of our people or the properties in which we own, for they are are the Lord's. Hallelujah. The whole way home, I'm decreeing and declaring. And so when I pulled in here and there were trash cans and stuff all over our back parking lot, I thought, oh Lord, have mercy. Please don't let there be water. And I get down in the basement and it's bone dry. I'm
I'm like, yes, hallelujah. Angels were, were sent on assignment and protecting it. Amen. Angels were with umbrellas over top of this property, maybe. I don't know. But somehow it stayed bone dry. Lois, you know what I'm talking about. It, it would just flood no matter what and how. But God kept it from doing that. Why? Because I believe I sent angels on assignment. I believe that when I pray and ask God for healing and deliverance and when I pray protection over people and, and they get out of difficult situations, I am what you and I are what give angels employment. Hallelujah. When you and I pray with faith. That's so I'm saying your faith is valuable. Your faith is valuable. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Scripture we read says, now faith is the is substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me break it down in another way. Now faith, faith is the main ingredient for what I'm trying to do. Woo. Now, I, I'm not real good at following recipes. Somebody asked me for a recipe today. Uh, I'll have to think about it because I just sort of make it, you know. Lois has asked me for recipes because I'm a good cook. But I, I just sort of like a little of this and a little of that, right? And it just works, right? But when it comes to faith, those of you that cook or bake or any of those things, faith is your main ingredient. You know, everything that you're going to bake, there's always a main ingredient, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, even if you're going to make mashed potatoes, your main ingredient is probably potatoes. For, for Lois, it's probably potato buds. <laughs> but for me, I want the real deal, and so it'll be potatoes. Amen. If you're baking a cake, one of the main ingredients is going to be flour. For what, listen to what this is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith, listen to this. What that means is faith is the main ingredient for what you're trying to do. What is it you are trying to do in this life? God is saying faith is the most important thing. If you're trying to get healed, faith is your most important thing. If you're trying to see a, a, a financial breakthrough, faith is the most important thing. If you need healed, it's faith. If you need uh, delivered, it's faith. If you need a better relationship or a better marriage, it's faith. He said faith is the main ingredient for what you're trying to do. Then it goes on to say, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Okay, what does that mean? I'm, I'm going to break it down simple and quick for you. The, we, we know that evidence, if, we, if you've ever been to court, evidence is admissible in court. It's important. If you've ever gone to court for anything, if you provide evidence, it gives you a better leg up to win. Amen. The Bible says the, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, he's saying evidence settles the dispute. Evidence settles the dispute. So the fact that I, I, the fact that I can believe for it is a sign that it's mine. The fact that you and I can believe for it when we're asking God for something is, is a sign. We're bringing evidence, in other words. Amen. The same way in which you went to court. I, I, I went to court once to, to fight a, a traffic ticket, and you have to bring evidence, hallelujah. And they tried to say I was going one way, or I did one thing, and I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, oh no, that's not true. I, I knew there were cameras nearby. I obtained the footage. I fought that thing. And, and would you know that when, when I said that I had evidence just before the judge, the cop that was there said, oh, we, we withdraw our case because he knew he lied. Are you hearing me? Sometimes people lie, y'all. 
And, and so I, I brought forth evidence. When you and I go to God in faith, just by going to God in faith, you are producing evidence right there in itself. We're, we're going to go deeper with that, but, but I, 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 want, I want you to understand that, that, that your faith in itself is even evidence. Hallelujah. The fact that you, you can believe for it is a sign that it is already yours. That's why it's so important for you to understand the enemy is after your faith because he understands that that is proof in itself that it is already yours if you can just believe for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know, I know there, there are some people, they'll focus on working for God. Doing works for God. But we, we, God isn't interested in our works. God isn't interested, interested just based on what you can do for God. See, when, when I just do works for God, that's based on my integrity. Right? But, but faith, when I, when I have faith and believe in God, that is based on His integrity. He is... He is of his word. He will always stand by his word and what he says. And so when you and I don't stand to believe in God, it's you and I suggesting that God is a liar. Are you hearing me? So when you and I don't believe in God, or we're struggling to believe that God will do what he says he will do. If you and I struggle to believe that God will do what his word that came forth from Sister Amy earlier was, then, then you and I are suggesting that God is a liar. For you and I not to live our life and live it Believing that the promises of God are yes and amen, that is you suggesting then that God is a liar. And we know that he is not a liar. The Bible says he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that, that I should repent. Hallelujah. You and I need to know he, he is, he, that God is not a liar. Faith, when I have faith, it ties directly into God's integrity. And I'm not going to question his because I know that God will do what he says he will do. I know that he means what he says he means. Hallelujah. And so I, I'm not going to question his integrity. Are you still with me? Faith. Our faith is under fire. God wants you and I to be able to have more of it. We need to have faith because when you and I have faith, that's when you and I tap into his character. That's when you and I tap into to more about who God is and how he is and how he would behave and how he would respond. Hallelujah. Faith. What is faith? There, there's a lot of ways that I'm going to describe faith over these next few weeks. But faith is, is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Uh-huh. Faith is taking the first step even though you don't see the whole staircase. Just believing that there's another step. Look at this. It's, it goes on. The text goes on. It says, through faith... We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith, we understand. Can we break this down for you? Through faith, we understand. Simply just means the word understand means the truth you stand under. Through faith, or faith is the truth I stand under. That's why when someone says something contrary to what the Bible says, it should allow you to stand firm in your faith. When you and I have friends that are doubters, when you and I have even Christians that, are not, that don't believe like we do or, 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 or speak unbelief around us, the Bible says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. It's saying through faith I understand or through faith that is the truth that I stand under. 
faith is the truth I stand under. So in other words, whatever God says, I will believe that. Anything outside of what the Word of God says, I'll doubt that. Does that make sense? Do you know how much stuff that the body of Christ is believing that's not in the Word of God? Do you know how much stuff we'll believe on the news? Do you know how much stuff the word, we'll see it on Facebook and people believe it. They think because it's on there, it's true. And then we try to preach gospel to you, and, and the church is struggling to believe. We've seen a falling away in America because we, we, we're, it's easier to believe Twitter and Facebook and Instagram because you read that than you reading what, the, what God's word that is true, the infallible. The Bible says that his word is the infallible word of God. It cannot be wrong. It cannot be proven to be incorrect. Are you hearing me? So that's why it's so valuable to you and I. That's why, that's why you need to understand that the Word of God, is, that you and I need to have faith because it is the truth that we stand up under. Hallelujah. Anything contrary to that, I will not believe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to imagine for a moment see, the, the way that this altar is. I don't have a rail here. But, but if that step around our platform had a rail, then I would be framed in. Remember the, the scripture said, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith we understand. Through faith it means the truth I stand up, up under were framed by the word of God. So imagine this platform that I was all framed in on all sides. I can't go too far because I'm, frame, I'm framed in, right? Things that maybe I want to do, I can't do because I'm framed in. I can't go very far beyond the platform because I'm framed in. When the Word of God says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, this is why it's important that you and I operate in faith because when you and I operate in faith, it just doesn't let us live and do what we want to do, but faith frames me in. Is that making sense to you? So that, that's why you, you can immediately identify people that are not operating in faith if there's no frame in the world. If they're claiming to live by faith, but they're doing exactly what they want to do, are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? They're, if there's no frame, then they're not framed in. We're going to break it down and get it, bring it more personal to you. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And so if I'm believing that His Word is true and that His Word is right and that His Word is just, then, then His Word will keep me hemmed in. In other words, I'm not living for me, I'm living for Him. And so even though I might want to do something, even though I might want to tell you off, my faith in God's going to hem me in and keep me from doing that. Are you here? I'm trying to tell you. Hallelujah. It is my, 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 my faith walk that is going to help me to even discipline my flesh. It's going to keep me from popping off on everybody that I want to. Because by faith, the worlds were framed. He's given us a guide rail. Yes, Hallelujah. A, a, a way and, and, and a way to keep me in, in a right place, to keep me framed in. But it's also a God real to keep me protected so I don't step and create a mess for myself. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Framed in by the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God has control of my now, my then, and my tomorrow. 
Hallelujah. There, there, there's more to that text. I've done some teaching on it when it says the, the worlds were framed. The worlds meaning ages. All right. In other words, that, that's why I'm saying that, 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 that my, the word of God has control of my now, my then and my tomorrow. Because I'm framed in. Are you hearing me? I don't need to worry. So for those of you that lose sleep over what could happen tomorrow, if you're living by faith, then you understand that, you're, that, that it says by faith the worlds were framed. My world is framed in. I don't lose sleep over what could happen tomorrow because the Bible says that my, my world is framed in by the Word of God. In other words, he, the Word of God has control of my now, my then, and my tomorrow. Hallelujah. So when I, we're talking about faith, that, that's why I'm saying you don't need to lose sleep, worry, live in fear. So for everybody that's been living in fear, for everybody that, 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 that even when the news tries to breed fear, among us. When, when they try to tell us that certain things are going to happen, I'm not worried about what anybody tells me that is different than the Word of God because the world, the, the, the Bible says that faith has me hemmed in. It has me protected and it has me, 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 me built into where I am right where God needs me to be and it's telling me the Word of God has control of my now my then and my tomorrow. Is somebody hearing what I'm trying to tell me? So the next time you start trying to lose sleep worrying over what's going on or what could happen tomorrow or what the doctor might say or how you're going to pay a bill. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You need to understand that your world is framed in. You need to maybe you need to even tell the devil, devil, I'm framed in. I'm hemmed in. Hallelujah. He's, he has control of my now, my then, and my tomorrow. So I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. God's got that according to his word. See, that's what Hebrews 11, it was so important. A lot of times we'll just preach it and kind of give, just preach lightly on faith. But when he's talking to you and I in Hebrews 11 about what faith is, he is just teaching you and I that when you and I believe in him and you, we, you and I allow him and his word to have control over our life, he's saying, I've got control of your now, your then, and your tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because when God speaks a thing, he speaks it eternally. Think about this. When God speaks to something, he speaks eternity into it. Because he's an eternal God. So don't worry about tomorrow. Because God is already there. Is God not eternal? Right. Then don't worry about tomorrow. God is already there. Maybe you need to say that out loud. Say it out loud with me. Look at your neighbor if you have to. Tap somebody on the shoulder if you have to and say, don't worry about tomorrow because God's already there. Oh, hallelujah. Don't worry about tomorrow. God's already there because he's, he's an eternal God. He's an eternal God. And whatever his word said will be accomplished. The Bible says it won't return to him void. He's an eternal God. So his word goes on and on and on. And so it will come to pass. So therefore, when I start worrying about tomorrow, I'm saying, Lord, your word is not eternal. It's expired. Oh, wow. Do you know how many times we speak in doubt? In other words, you're saying, God, you're not eternal. Your word has expired. As far as I can see, there's no expiration date on here, like my cornflakes. Right? There's no expiration date like, like our meat that we'll buy. 
because he is eternal. And what he says will live on and on and on and on. And so what he said for Moses and what he said for Abraham and what he said and did for Paul, it lives on and on and on. What God has prophesied and spoken of our life, it lives on and on and on. The reason that you and I haven't seen God's word manifest is God has been waiting on you to begin to step into a place where you understand by faith I am hemmed in. In other words, by faith he has me hemmed in to a, to a place where I can believe that he is my God of my then, my now, and my tomorrow so that then God can bless you and move on your life. Are you hearing me? Because God's not going to just pour out his answer upon someone who's not walking in faith. You have to have room to receive it. Yeah. You have to have room to receive it. And so I have room to receive it because I'm hemmed in, living by his word. His word keeps me hemmed in. God's saying, I'm not going to pour out my healing and my miracles and my abundance on someone who's not living for me. God says, I want to pour out my, my abundance, my blessing, my healing, my financial abundance and all that by someone who understands that the worlds were framed by the word of God and they're going to allow my word to him them in. And they're going to allow the, the word of God. This is good, I'm telling you. Uh, you. You're going to allow the word of God to keep you from operating in an outburst, from losing your temper. The reason I don't jump out of my car in anger and shake my fist and yell at people when they cut me off anymore is because I'm hemmed in. Hallelujah. The reason reason I don't cuss you out to a fly wouldn't light on you is because I'm hemmed in somebody. Amen. The reason that we don't act the way that we maybe we used to is because you are hemmed in and you are allowing your life to be controlled by the word of God because you have an understanding the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm hemmed in. Hallelujah. And so I understand an eternal God cannot speak a temporary thing. Therefore, did you hear what I just said? I understand that an eternal God cannot speak a temporary thing. So when you are struggling to believe God for a healing or a deliverance, or when some of you last week, when I started telling you the need of the house, the, a, an immediate need was five grand. That's not the whole need. That's just half the need. The actual number is like closer to nine. However, the immediate to get things going was five grand. Listen to me. Some of you tuned me out. Some people went to the bathroom. Some people were like doodling on their you know, notebook or scrolling Facebook, whatever you were doing. Because you were just like, mm -hmm, whatever. Because you, you believe that an eternal God does speak a temporary thing. Because you don't believe it's for you. Every time that you don't believe something for you it's as if you're saying God spoke a temporary thing that's why when people try to tell me that there are the certain things of the Bible are not for today they're saying that God is temporal and not eternal are you hear me every time someone sends me a nasty email or comments on Facebook about our tongues or interpretation or our dancing or any of the things that we do uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to move but, but they don't understand is they're limiting God and they're saying he's a temporary thing. There is nothing that God did or spoke that was temporal. If there is, show me in the word of God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because he is an eternal God. When he speaks something, it's not for a period of time. It's for eternity. Are you hearing that? I mean, so in other words, when he says, someone's about to get revelation in this place. When he says in his word, 
by his stripes you were healed, it's eternal. It's still there. Now, what, what's happening in your life until you get healed, watch this, is, is that word was spoken. So it's in the atmosphere. This is what happens. That word was spoken. It's, in the, it's the word of God. Therefore, it's the living, rightful word of God. I'm hemmed in by the word of God. God spoke that word. It's an eternal word. So it lives on. And how faith works is you're sitting there believing God, casually worshiping God. And maybe you're hearing this message. And you're like, a light bulb's going off. And you're like, oh. I get it now. I get it. That's, that's what the Bible calls rhema or revelation. Now that you're getting the revelation of it, now you're in a position to receive it. See, some of the reasons why you don't get healed, delivered, financially blessed or whatever is because you didn't have the ability to have the rhema or the revelation of it. Watch now. So when he says, by his stripes, you were healed. Or in Revelation, how it says, you and I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We can pull any kind of scripture we want to applicable for this. His word is eternal. All of it right there is eternal. So it's living. It's just circling. And the Bible says his word will not return to him void. His word can't go back to him until it accomplishes what it was sent to do. So it's just here. It's hovering. Like the, like the spirit of God was right before creation in Genesis. And it says, and the Spirit of God hovered. It was waiting, hovering, watch this, until God spoke. And then it says, when God spoke, let there be light, there was light. There was light. Why? Because His Word was hovering. Just like it's hovering for your healing, your miracle, your financial breakthrough, God's waiting on for you to get the revelation to believe for it. So watch. He said, by His stripes, you were healed. So His Word's been out there all of this time. God's been watching you casually worshiping, casually believing, sort of like, oh, Lord, heal me if you can, all of that. Now you're hearing His Word, and His Word has been hovering. It's in the atmosphere. And what happens then is now when you pray, and let's say you're getting the revelation of this. When you pray and you say, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I am healed. By your, the, your word that declares, by your stripes, I am healed. I receive that healing now. You know what happens? Angel, an angel is dispatched on your behalf. Grabs a hold of that word. Brings it down to you while you're getting hands laid on you or while you're standing there in a few moments in closing and you're like, I got it. I got it. I believe it. I, ha- I haven't firmly believed it. And, and that word is delivered to you to be made manifest. Why? Because by the, by, I, I, I'm framed in by the word of God. God. God puts up some parameters for you and I so that we're in a position to receive. That's why he is in my now, my then, and my tomorrow. Are you hearing me? So, so his word was sent. His word was released. What you and I have to be able to do is have the faith to believe. And, and basically when I have faith, my faith reaches up and pulls down the word that he spoke to me. Does that make sense to you? I don't know. Some of you looking at me like you, 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 I lost you or something. But when you and I have that kind of faith, imagine it like that. that you, how many have ever seen those, those claw machines, right? There's impossible things to ever win at. Some of y'all may be good at it, but it, you can waste 10, 15 bucks in there trying to get a stupid 50-cent stuffed animal because they're rigged. Hallelujah. But imagine... That your faith, your faith is that call. And all those stuffed animals or whatever in the machine is the promises of God. When your faith, I know it's a strange analogy. David's like, he is losing it. This is a crazy analogy. Watch this. But imagine your faith is that call. 
God's saying all of the, my promises, all the little furry stuffed animals are my promises. And they are yes and amen. And so in other words, they are yes and so it shall be. All of his promises are yes and amen. He says all you need to do is have the faith for it. So your faith is activated. You and I, when you and I go to prayer, in a few moments when we close this place in prayer, your claw will reach up and grab a hold of the Word of God and pull it in and release it to you. That's what faith is. So when we pray faith, that's why the Bible says, if any is sick among you, call on the elders of the church. Why the elders? Because call on the people who I know have faith to reach up and pull it down. That's why I don't like just any old Yehu laying hands upon me. Get your dirty, grubby, devil-minded spirit off me, right? You got to watch who you let lay hands on you because not everybody's of God. Not everybody is flowing in the spirit of God. Some of them are in witchcraft. That's why I'm not quick to lay hands and because there are some people, they'll show up one, two times and I'm not going to just lay hands on them because they showed up. And I don't feel like that gives me the right. I, I, I believe it requires a relationship. Get to know someone before I, you decide whether you want some of what God put on me to get on you. So, faith is valuable. Are you seeing me? That's why I said in the beginning, faith is valuable. The enemy will do whatever he can to get your claw to move and to not grab a hold of anything. So that's why he moves uh, uh, Debbie Dowder next to you. And Aunt Loneliness nearby. And fear and anxiety and worry and all these other emotions. Remember, it is in your soul that faith lives. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the enemy does whatever he can to disrupt your mind your will, that's why sometimes we'll be like, I'm just so sick and tired, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway. I'm going to tell them exactly what I think. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's you stepping outside of faith, and God can't bless that. Woo! I know, y'all, it, you didn't like that, right? See, we think that gives us a license to tell people what we think and that God's just supposed to excuse them. God's saying, oh, you can do that, but I don't operate there. So while you shoot your mouth off and you're letting your flesh get the best of you, my, I framed your world. And when you decide to step outside of the world that I framed by living in your own will, I'm not there. Because he said my world was, your world was framed by the word of God. Does that make sense to you? That's why sometimes we're not seeing the results that his, his word promises us because I keep stepping outside of the world he framed me in. I don't know. Is that, is that any good, Cynthia? I don't know. Every time you give in to your own desires and flesh and want to tell somebody off or do your own thing and it's outside of the Word of God, you're stepping into a realm that God's saying, I don't go there. That doesn't look like me. That's not my character. That's not my integrity. I can't move there. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's real good. That's real good stuff. Because my faith, it keeps me. It keeps me framed in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because my eternal God cannot speak a temporary thing. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's so much goodness. 
I, I can't wait. We're going to go the next few weeks. Some of you are going to grow in God and be able to believe God for things you've been struggling to. Some of you are going to begin to see the results of, 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 of you tapping into a faith you didn't have in your life in, in another way. In extraordinary ways. I believe that. Somebody said to me the other day, we were having a discussion on faith. They, they, they were over here in a conversation I was having. And they said, they said, yeah, I get faith. But they said, faith is for weak people. Let me just tell you, and they go to church. They go to church. So naturally, I said, what church do you go to? Because I'm calling your preacher. They said, faith is for weak people. Because watch this. Faith is not an escape from reality. That's what they believed. That we use faith as a means to escape reality. That's some messed up stuff, let me just tell you. And I told them, I said, no. Faith is not an escape from reality. Faith is the power to change my reality. They said, what you mean? So naturally, I told them about the testimony of the church and the need we had. $5,000, and I told them exactly how God answered it. I told him about when we desired to buy the property behind us, how we did it, how God moved, and how he supplied our needs. I, every step of the way, I started going through. See, I said, faith was not me, me avoiding my reality. Faith was not me trying to find an escape from the hell I was living. My, it was our faith that was the power that changed reality. That's what you and I need to understand about faith. That's why the enemy is trying to attack your faith because your faith is the power to change your reality. I don't care what's going on at home, have faith. I don't care how little is in your checkbook, have faith. I don't care how sick you are in your body, have faith. I don't care how much pain you are in, have faith. When I testified last week of all the different times God has touched my body, when I had a heart attack and got lifelated, I mean, you know, I don't remember much from that night. All I know is what Facebook told me of all the things that church people were posting. And I mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who knew of us. When the church put that out, they got to praying. And while they life-fighted me from Uniontown to Pittsburgh, and they were cutting the clothes off of me and all of those things. And when I woke up briefly, from the time I got there until the next morning when they did more testing, God had healed everything that went wrong. Are you hearing me? And then the time that I walked into the emergency room because of my back pain and they they did test and they said, hey, your spine is in two ways. You walked in here? I said, yes, I walked in here. Do you see a wheelchair? And they said, well, no, but we just don't understand how you're walking. Your spine is wiggling like this and there's nobody that spine is wiggling like this can walk. I said, because I walked in here with the power of faith. Are you hearing me? When I got off of, of, of heavy narcotics after being on them 12, almost 13 years, it was faith that enabled me to not rely on the pill more than I relied on my God. I didn't abuse them, but my body was dependent. I did not like it. My body was screaming whenever I started laying them down. But God said, nope, you need to give these up. These have become your God. You're relying on them more than you are me. Hallelujah. And then when God said, nope, you need to start getting up without the walker and without the cane, like I told you last week, God started dealing with me, dealing with me, dealing with me. Finally, I went to bed right at night and I left it in an entire other side of my house because at that time it was a one level other side of my house and, and, and I said I'm going to bed tonight but leaving you God it was not easy the first day it was terrible I got up like this stuck over like reaching for the floor like this day one day two I got up like this Day three, I got up like this. By day four and five, I was walking my way out of there because I activated my faith. Are you hearing me? Because faith, 
Faith is the power to change my reality. That's why. That is faith in action. That's not, that's not believing in anything else other than the Word of God. Because I believe that what His Word is, has said is eternal. So it's available to me. So my faith just reaches up and pulls down what He promised for me. That's all that it is. That's what faith is. So whatever it is that you were in need of today... We're going to activate our faith right now in this place as we close. And we're going to reach up and start pulling down things that you've heard and you've read and you've believed God before. Start pulling it down for you. Oh, see, what's wrong? You're going to have a hard time believing for that? I'm pulling down financial overflow for somebody who's been in lack. I'm pulling down sickness and uh, I'm pulling down healing from sickness and disease. I'm pulling down his wholeness where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking and nothing broken. I'm pulling down restoration and relationships and marriages in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm going to pull down everything that the word of God says. I'm going to pull it down. Do you have the audacity? Do you have the faith to be able to pull down what God's word has said over your life for you or you? going to just continue to serve God but sit there and watch everybody else get and receive what his word says I want you to be to be a recipient of what God's word has said because he said it will not return to him void so it's available for you it's available for you right now whether or not you receive it depends entirely upon you has nothing to do with me and nothing to do with God because he's a God of integrity what he says he will do he will do Are you with me? Stand to your feet if you're able to today. We're going to close right there. I I didn't even get through four pages of where I wanted to go. Hallelujah. But but, but it's good. It's good. It's good. God's going to build your faith. He's going to grow your faith in these few weeks. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I I want everything that I said today, I want you to remind yourself of. If you were a note taker, just read the notes again. Read over what I said to you. Think about it. Listen to this again if you need to when it comes out on podcast tomorrow. And, 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 And believe God, allow your faith to be stirred. Allow yourself to just be able to reach up and pull down from the heavenlies what God has spoken over your life. So I challenge you now to activate your faith as we prepare to close in prayer today. Activate your faith. Remember, you're the claw. Your your faith is the claw. I want you to be able to grab a hold of it and pull it into you and receive what he has promised to you today. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. See, he just moved to the edge of his seat. I need you to visualize that for yourself. That as you and I begin to break, the Heavenly Father just moved to the edge of the throne because you just called his name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, you know our voice. Thank you, Lord. You, 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 you know who we are when we say, oh, Heavenly Father, Daddy God, Mighty God that you are when we call on your name. Thank you, Lord. You, you tune in and you lean your ear towards us, God. I praise you and I bless you, God, that you know us and you love us in such a way. Father, we call upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I know the enemy does not want us to preach this series on faith. He does not want us to grow people in you and be the rest recipients of the eternal word of God. But Father, we call upon your name right now. And Father, around this room, God, we begin to pray and we begin to ask. And God, we we believe right now by faith that you are God of your word, that what you say you mean. And so Father, today in the name of Jesus, I pray. And Lord, we pull down from the heavenlies, Lord, even now, every promise that you've ever prayed, every promise that you've ever spoken, God, every promise in your word that is yes and amen. So 
Father, those that have been believing you for healing. God, those that have been believing you for a breakthrough. God, those of you that, that, that need a financial breakthrough, a financial miracle. God, those that are, that are, that are just, just attacked with sickness and disease. And God, they need to, they've been believing that by your stripes they are healed. Father, today I pray through the revelation of the rhema of your word that, Lord, they would be able to reach up by faith and pull this down despite what they feel like, despite, God, what they're going through, despite how bad it feels, despite how much medication we have to take, despite, God, how what little may be in our bank account, God, despite how many needs we may have, God, we receive your word, God, by faith today to be our own in the name of Jesus. I rebuke neighbor doubt and I rebuke our neighbor's fear and unbelief. I rebuke sickness and disease and every other neighbor that would operate within the very soul, mind, will, and emotion of every man, woman, and child. Lord, but we believe and we receive your word right now. I receive the valuable word of God into my life like that claw does in that little machine. We receive it. We grab a hold of your word and we declare it is mine in the name of Jesus. Healing is mine in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough is mine in the name of Jesus. Overflow is mine in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Restoration is mine in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anointing is mine in the name of Jesus. Whatever God you have said in your word, it is mine in the name of Jesus. And I receive that right now by faith. By faith. Because you have me framed in. Now, Father, I pray this week that, God, you will help to discipline us to keep us framed in to the place that, Lord, you operate. Oh, to the place where you operate in the name of Jesus. Stir the faith in your people this week. Grow it, Lord. I pray that, Lord, even testimonies would begin to come in of how you blessed, multiplied, showed up, delivered, set free, did extraordinary things in the name of Jesus. Let them start now. Because of our faith. Because of our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We receive it, we believe, and we declare these things done in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Now in a moment, I'm going to pray over your offering, but for those of you who haven't given yet and those that still need to, I'm going to pray God would bless it. But just before you give, and as you're getting your offering or your tithe ready, I want you to, to, I needed to let y'all know because of the Italian festival downtown, as you leave here, those of you that go west on 40, you either have to go through the truck route and make the left and follow it out, or you'll have to make a right on and go down out Gallatin Avenue and out 51 that way. All right. So for those of you that it affects, if you don't know the way, faith. I'm telling you, faith, faith faith as you give today it's faith as you and I give today it's faith father I pray that you would bless people's tithes and their offerings as they give we give faith believing according to your word that Lord you're the only one who multiplies it in fact you said in your word that 
We give it back, press down, shaking together, running over. God, I pray that these people, as they give today, they'll begin to see the manifestation of that being pressed down, shaking together, running over into their life. Let them begin to see overflow in their life. Let it show up in, 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 in their groceries. Let it show up, God, in the gas in their car. God, let it show up in their bank account, God. Let it show up in relationships, Lord. Let it show up in every aspect of their life, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Superabundance in the name of Jesus. Superabundance in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that grows us today by faith. I thank you for your word that challenges us. Now, God, do what only you can do throughout this week. Continue to grow us, challenge us, and let us see your work, your, your hand at work. Lord, and as we maintain an open heart and life to receive your word by faith in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We thank you. We give you all praise and all glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a blessed week and live it by faith this week. Hallelujah. God bless you.